The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, Shaleen. I wanted to thank you for being one of the most positive and real transparent people I know. I'm a new mom to a beautiful daughter, and learning to balance work, life, and parenting is really overwhelming at times. Thank you for constantly being that reminder that I am her mother first and foremost. It has helped me learn to balance and prioritize my daily life without the mom guilt. There's no one else I know who has the gift of making everyone feel like a genuine friend through social media, but you do, and I want to thank you for that. And thank you for the time and energy that you pour into all of us. It is so appreciated. Seriously, love you, mean it. Hey there, what's going on? Happy Friday. It's Car Smart Friday, and this is The Shaleen Show. Put your seatbelt on, ladies and gentlemen. We are going for a ride. Today, we're talking about getting a loved one the help that they need. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I just have to say, this week's episodes have been so phenomenal, if I do say so myself. I sound like I'm really just bragging now, don't I? I mean, like, your response has been phenomenal. It's been so unbelievable. Like, I just, I love my job so much. I love that you guys give me so much feedback that I've been hearing from you on the socials, that you've been calling in and leaving voicemail messages for us. We are so inundated with messages from this week's episodes that I just cannot wait for to hear Monday's episode. So we will be on Monday going into great detail and a lot of different scenarios. So maybe you are a mom or dad who's trying to figure out how to get your kid into treatment or even if they have a problem. Maybe you are married to someone who's an addict. Maybe you yourself are wondering if What you have is a drinking problem or an addiction or you're an alcoholic or you're struggling with some other type of addiction or maybe it's just affecting your family. You're going to hear so many different scenarios on Monday. It's so good and you're going to hear your calls. Those are like my favorite episodes. I think they're super juicy. You're also going to hear from some experts. It's going to be a jam-packed session on Monday. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but the episode right after this one is what you can look forward to, which is why I wanted today to take this time to share my own experience, my own side of the story, having gone through this a couple of times now with family members and just lift some of the, I guess, mystique and worry and anxiety that you might have around this topic. And and also just, you know, I mean, I want you to understand that amazing things are possible. So the first story I want to share with you is that of a very close relative. And this is someone who I pretty much grew up with, love very, very much, great parents, wonderful upbringing, no known trauma that I'm aware of, and just a super successful guy. But he got addicted to drugs and he got addicted specifically to crystal meth. And I'm not sharing names just to protect family members. 
but he got addicted to crystal meth and that is a gnarly gnarly drug i don't know specifically but in total i believe he was doing crystal for at least seven or eight years and it got to a point where he was really strung out he went from owning several homes and being a super successful real estate agent to basically being homeless and moving back in with his mom and just being really really sick with this disease i mean it just takes over and we did our research on crystal meth and it was not looking promising most experts and people that we talked to said like yeah they just you know say goodbye they overdose you probably are going to get that call even if they do get clean and sober, that drug destroys their brain and it's so strong that they just all relapse. Like the rate of somebody recovering from that is really low. And you know what? All I have to say is who cares about percentages, right? Because if there's a percentage, that means at least 1%, which could be your one, can recover from this. And if you love someone that much, you're going to fight because you want them to be that 1%. And that's how we felt about this family member and it was horrible just like every single phone call before we got him into treatment you know for months for years it felt like everyone in the family that's kind of what we were consumed with like is he alive what's going on it was just like never ending anxiety and stress and worry I was always worried about my my other family members we were all always trying to figure out like okay you know what's going to happen next how do we protect ourselves? How do we protect him? How do we protect, you know, like, just what do we do? How do we handle this? What's going on? Like it was, it just felt like it was never ending. And it felt like it took over everybody's lives. And there was a lot of anger and resentment and pain and frustration, all of those things, right? And I will say it was my grandma who was the greatest, you know, you could say enabler, which I know that has a negative connotation, but sometimes I mean you just have to have love in your heart for everyone who's involved if you're a parent you can't imagine what it feels like unless you're in that position like that's your child you'll do anything for them you just want to keep them alive you want to do anything for them to be well and what we had to learn was that she was loving him to death and her trying to make sure that he had a place to stay and food to eat and that it would be comfortable so that maybe he would not leave and not go out and do these things. You know, she was just using the very most that she had. She was only, you know, using the resources she had available to her. And it was hard for us to help her understand, but eventually she did, that if she continued to try to care for him in this way, she was going to love him to death. And that's really what it boiled down to. It's like we knew we didn't have much time left. He was really in a dangerous place. He didn't look like himself. He wasn't himself. It was just dangerous. It was dangerous for her. It was dangerous for everybody involved. And it was scary. And this was, oh gosh, now I think maybe more than 11 years ago. And he and I were really, really close. So... I was pretty involved in this, probably more so than my brothers and sisters, because we were really close. So we started doing our research, and at the time, there was this show on TV called Intervention. 
And that opened up my eyes to the fact that, okay, there's a way to do this. And I watched so many of those episodes realizing like, gosh, a lot of these people end up successfully going into treatment. So we started reading books and we found a book called Love First by Jeff Jay. And he specifically kind of systematized what it was like and how to conduct an intervention, a successful one. Because we had the financial ability to bring him in personally, that's what we did. So, you know, we hired Jeff to come in and facilitate this intervention. By the way, if that's not in your deck of cards, I would say that's a a phenomenal book, Love First. And I'll link to his website below in the show notes too, because he's just been an incredible, he's someone who uh, he believes an intervention saved his life. And since that time, he's probably saved, I can't even remember it. I mean, I can't even imagine how many thousands and thousands and thousands of lives he's saved with that book and by teaching people how to do an intervention the right way. There's a right way and a wrong way. And so the first step was that we had to kind of like all get together collectively and we're all in different states and different cities and different, you know, lives, etc. And, you know, by this point, there are people who were angry and frustrated and resentful and there's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, but we all had to get come together and kind of share like what we knew, what was going on, what we thought was happening. Because you have to get all on the table, not just about the addict, but also everyone else who's involved. Like who's giving this person money? Who's paying for car insurance? Who's going to give them a place to stay? Who's just like you have to know all the details. You have to come together and go, okay, where are we? what is going on. Let's everyone be honest, you know, because you might find out that there is a sibling who is also addicted or is supplying them or got them hooked. Like there's so many details and they all have to come out. The secrets have to stop. The intervention has to be like an intervention for the family, not just the addict. Like everyone has to come clean. Everyone needs to say what's going on. Everyone needs to be honest. Everyone needs to know that why are we doing this? Because we love each other. And this is not about this person. It's about the disease. And then the person is separate. You know, we just have to remember like love comes first. And and so we did that. And then, you know, he helped us to determine, okay, who does this person have the closest relationship with? Like, who are they most likely to worry about disappointing? And who's going to trigger them? Like, who is probably someone we don't want involved too much because there's a lot of anger. This person has a lot of anger towards them or that's going to really upset them or tip them off, etc. You know, you have to figure all those things out without being upset about it or taking it personal because you're trying to save a life. And so we did that and we kind of figured that myself and my grandma really were probably the people at that time in his life that were, he would least want to disappoint then maybe another sister and brother and then we all came together we flew in from out of state most of us and we were each asked to write a letter and he has a very specific template for how you write the letter that was amazing and the letter really needs to be about love and you started off by writing to this person 
all the things you miss about them and all the things you love about them. And it's almost like, gosh, I don't want to say a eulogy, but now I'm thinking back on it. I don't think he describes it that way. But now that I think about it, it's like, you know, I talked about like memories, my fondest memories and things that I just so treasure about our time together and things I love about him and things I miss about him. And then, and I'm I'm not going to get the sequence exactly right. So we'll definitely, if that's something you're thinking about doing, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. But then we went into how things had changed and how much we missed him and how much we believed life could be different and we could be back together again. I wanted to support him and love him and that there's, you know, no shame and we can all be together again and life can be so much better. And what I'm asking you to do today is to make a decision to go into treatment and you would be leaving today. Basically, that's what we have, you have to tell them. Like you can't even give them the night to think about it. You will be leaving today and then you have to say, and if you don't do this, here's how our relationship will change. And I'm doing this again from memory, but that's what I recall is saying like, you know, and then you have to be very honest and matter of fact, and you have to basically cut them out of your lives. You cannot give them a soft place to land. No one can. If somebody in that group, that circle is going to give that addict alcoholic, whatever it is, a soft place to land, the intervention doesn't work because there's their out. And so, you know, each person wrote that letter, but we're given very specific instructions that not everyone may need to read their letter. Like, you know, it might just start with grandma reading her letter and that might just be it. He's just like, you know, sees all these people in the room looking at them lovingly without shame, without guilt, just saying we're here because we love and support you and not going over all the past. You just don't go over the history at all. I mean, the negative history, the history of the addict, right? You just talk about what you miss about them. You talk about the good times. And I think this person just is so overwhelmed by this feeling of love and just realizing like, I'm really sick, but I have all this love around me. And a lot of times, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking now in terms of watching that show too. A lot of times, like the first person would read their letter and the addict would say, let's do it. Let's go. I don't remember with my uncle how many people read their letters I don't remember but you know so we were all there we flew in the day before or two days before I think and we met with Jeff J and then we all read our letters and you know he offered some feedback and then we rehearsed and he prepared us for things because he'd done so many thousands of interventions he's prepared us that okay this person is going to make a lot of noise they're going to argue with you. They're going to gaslight you. They're going to, they might walk in, see everyone, turn around and walk off. They might get violent. They might say that they need time to think about it. And our answer is just, we invite you to just listen to what we have to say. And you don't argue with them. You don't debate. You don't engage the noise. You just stay on script. And we just rehearse that over and over and over again. And you know, a lot of times that that interventionist is especially needed when you've got like one or two family members who they're struggling with the whole tough love thing. They're struggling. You know that they're going to, it's going to be really hard for them to lay down the law and to mean it. All right. So we did that. And now then our next 
I'd flown in from out of state and my uncle was gone. He had disappeared and he was on a binger. We couldn't find him. And so it was up to me and my grandma to try to reel him back in. We have all the family members there, right? And we've got this interventionist there and it's just not showing up and we're just trying to track them all over. And it's, you know, it was Las Vegas. So it was like really sketchy and kind of scary. And my grandma and I were like driving around in these scary neighborhoods and, you know, she's trying to, you know, point out cars that she recognizes. And she's also at the same time, like really trying to like, Oh, she just sees nothing but the best in him, you know, like, oh, he's helping this person. He's helping this person. She could still see all of his very loving, caring qualities. You know, it was really hard for her to recognize what was going on. And we just tried like heck. And then, and he wouldn't respond. He didn't, I don't think he had a phone at the time, or at least it wasn't on, but we had phone numbers of a lot of the people who he was hanging with. And the interventionist was telling us like, okay, here's what we're going to say here. You know, we, we have to tell him that Shalene, you're in town. You've got money for him because all of his friends, if they find out that if you get the word out to his friends, they're going to want him. They're going to encourage him. They're going to urge him to come home so that because they all want to use and like, you know, that's the key is you need more money to use and, and it's expensive. And so let's get that word out. And so we did that and we thought he was coming home. And then, you know, we'd all be like oh, gathered in the room and we're like, oh, we think he's 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 on a bus. He's, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Two hours later, not there. Gone. You know, it's just like it was so pins and needles and we just kept staring at the door waiting for him to walk through and he never did. And so I can't remember what I was. I think I was in the middle of shooting an infomercial video and I I had to leave. It was like day three and I had to leave. And just as I landed back in California, I got a call from my uncle and oh i'm gonna cry oh i knew the second he called that he was going he's like hey what's going on girl i love you i'm like oh i love you too i'm so happy and he said yeah i'm going i'm i'm gonna go to treatment i love you and i just said i'm so proud of you and you know we knew that was the beginning of it like we knew that didn't mean it was a huge huge step you know, I'm making it sound like, oh, and he was like, yeah, let's go. It's going to be fun. I mean, it was, I guess it was a pretty gnarly experience because he was coming down off of crystal meth. And then we had to get him on a plane with the interventionist and take him to a treatment center. And, you know, we just didn't know what would happen. And all of this is scary and expensive and so many unknowns. But he did. He went into a treatment center and, you know, that, that was out of state, too. So I think it was probably like two or three months, I think a month in. I can't remember, but I flew there to the state where his treatment center was, which was this beautiful farm, and got to see him clean and sober, and it was amazing. And can I tell you the best part of all? I texted him today and asked him if I had permission to share this story. And I said, by the way, I want you to know I'm so proud of you. And how long has it been? And he said, oh, only 5,475 days, but not like I'm counting. How about that? 5,475 days. That's crazy. So his anniversary is coming up on April 8th. And that was just one. You know, I, I you have heard the story about how I discovered my husband's addiction to gambling 
And that's a whole nother story, but I think that would be one that would be good to hear with him. But I do have to say, I am so proud of my uncle and I'm so proud of my husband. And gosh, life is so much better when you don't have this monster on your back, whatever that is. You know, the whole family becomes sick with it and the whole family can become well. And you'll hear more about that on Monday. So please tune in to that. And if there's someone you know who's thinking about doing an intervention, I hope that you'll share this episode with them or some of the episodes from earlier this week. All right, I'm going to end it here. But I just, I want you to know, I love you so freaking much. So much, I can't even put it into words. You are the bomb.com. And we are going to talk on Monday. This episode has been brought to you by Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to pushjournal.com. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.